This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 554. And the quote of the day is, keep your mind on your money and your money on your mind. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 554, and this is, I guess this is like, this is the money episode, so I'm sure that most of you guys have seen the stuff that I've been posting on Instagram, talking about the music business, talking about the business side of being a musician, whether it be in a band or as a freelancer or, you know, through a a record label or whatever the case may be, and there's been a lot of questions that have been asked, so I want to answer some of those questions, and... I'm recording this uh, at night and it feels like a good time because I'm chatting it up with my man, Joshua Karras. Um, we're on Instagram going back and forth and we're talking about a lot of this about about the business side and, and about uh, being successful and, and, and what goes into being successful and all these different things. So figured it was a good time to, uh, to answer some of these questions. So uh, I'm just going to jump right into it because there's... I think I'm actually going to do this in two different episodes because there's a lot of different questions and I want to I want to preface all of this with I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an accountant and if you have specific advice or or specific needs please go talk to an accountant go talk to a lawyer it'll save you thousands or tens of thousands or you know some of you millions if you if you talk to the right people to get the right answers but so some of these questions are are talking about like taxes and stuff like that. And I'm going to give you a couple of like rules of thumb, but again, please go talk to an accountant or please go talk to a lawyer. All right. So uh, first question is how in the hell do you get more social media engagement with seeming without seeming desperate? And I said, I have a lot of thoughts on this and there's too much to type on this Instagram question, but a couple of things to keep in mind are one, are you adding value or are you just constantly talking about yourself? And there's a difference between adding value and adding what is called, you know, or what I would say is like perceived value where you're like, oh no, I'm adding value to this person, but it's actually you, you know, showing pictures of yourself on some lavish vacation or some killer gig or something like that. It's not adding value for anyone. It's making you feel better about yourself, but it's not adding value to anyone. No one's looking at it and saying, oh man, that's really adding value. It's actually making people probably jealous if they don't have a good gig or whatever the case may be. So um, the second one is, would you engage with the type of content that you put out? Like if you saw that on my feed or someone else's feed, would you interact with it? Or would you just be like, this is just someone posting something pointless on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're posting. So keep that in mind. Uh, The next thing is posting consistently. Like, are you posting one, two, three, four, five times a day? If you really want to grow that audience and I would, you know, you can't post once a week and and wonder why your why your uh, audience isn't growing. And audience growth is not the most important thing. the The most important thing is the engagement from the people you have. So if you have three hundred followers or a hundred followers or whatever it is, engage with that following instead of just going out and getting more. It's literally like having a girlfriend and being like. I'm, you're not good enough. I'm going to go try to find something better. That's sort of what it makes your audience feel like. And the fourth thing is social platforms over time decrease the organic reach. So, you know, you'll notice like 
on Facebook, uh, when you would post something years ago, everyone saw it and that number gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And there's like 30,000 followers on my Facebook page. And I, you know, I put up a video up a couple of weeks ago and it got 32 views. So what they do is they get everyone in to the, into the, the, uh, the platform, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, get people using it, get all the users up. And then they, uh, start limiting how much organic reach you're getting. And what that causes is less people interacting with your stuff so that they want you to pay for ads. So I would suggest if you really have some value to add and you really want to grow your audience, I've never, I haven't done this to grow my audience, um, but I started when the floodgates were open. So think about buying some, some advertising on Instagram. Uh, that would be, or wherever you want to grow your audience, that would be a good place to start. Um the next one is what can a band member expect to make from a gig? Is it, you know, whether it be a 250 or a 500 or 75 capacity room? And there is no way that there's a one size fits all answer to this question. But I would say that I heard someone, uh, his name's Lee Steinberg, and they made the movie Jerry Maguire about him. He's a, he's a sports agent, uh, the first like super agent. And he's actually Patrick Mahomes' agent as well, and uh, who just won the Super Bowl. Anyway, uh, so Patrick, or, or so Lee said that a negotiation, each person should walk away from the table feeling like they both got what they wanted, but they gave up a little more than they wanted to. So you want each, you want both sides to feel like they gave in a little bit more than they wanted, but they both feel like they still got a good deal. That's the way I look at it. And also you got to think about your experience level, other gig options, how long you've been playing with the artist, et cetera. If like, if you're, if you've been playing 500 seat clubs with this artist for three years and they're still paying you a hundred bucks, you need to look for a new gig, but there's all sorts of things that, that, come into consideration if it's an artist that you believe in and the money is tight, but you're thinking that this thing is going to go somewhere and you can get in on the ground floor. It's like getting into a, a startup company where, where you may take a little bit less of a salary. Maybe you can get some equity in the company. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can negotiate this, but just don't sell yourself short and just take the gig because you're like, oh, it'll be good exposure or something like that. I mean, unless like, you know, the Stones ask you to go on tour, then you should go do that for free. Uh, but that's my answer to that. So next question is, do drummers need their own managers or agents? And I said 99.9% of the time, no, uh, especially freelance drummers. But I always recommend the need to have people in your corner who understand the business side of things that you can pay as you need them. So if you need someone to help you with some of your your business stuff, uh, whether it be an accountant or a lawyer or something like that, hire the right people for the job. If you need a graphic designer, hire them. If you need someone who understands contracts like a lawyer, then get a lawyer to read over the contracts. It may cost you a couple hundred bucks, but it could save you thousands of dollars down the road. Uh, with an accountant, figure out you know how you're, how you're paying your taxes, figure out the best way to handle the money that you're making, all of that sort of stuff. But you don't need to give someone you know, a manager 10 or 15% of, of everything that you bring in. Just hire the people as you need them. Unless you're you know, someone who is, you're constantly touring and you're doing clinics and you're doing this and you're doing that and you have multiple businesses going on or multiple sort of revenue streams coming into your drumming business, then you may want to think about like a business manager or something like that. Uh, that you can maybe put them on a retainer and pay them 500 bucks a month or, you know, whatever dollar amount a month or something like that. Uh, that would be my, my suggestion. Um, next one is how do you, how do you file taxes as a full-time musician? And, the first thing I said 
earlier in this episode is find an accountant. So you can go anywhere. You can go to H&R Block or any, you know, any place, any accountant that you can find. Uh, but one thing that I do recommend, and I've, you've probably heard me say this before as a rule of thumb, every single time you make money playing, take 30% of it and put it in an account and don't touch it. If you make a hundred bucks, you got to take $30 and put it in a savings account because at the end of the year, you're going to have to pay taxes because the taxes don't come out in the beginning. When you get the cash, you got to pay the taxes later and it's about 30%. So you should be good with 30%. I would recommend maybe 33, but if you're you're at 30, you'll be great. Especially if this is your full-time gig, if you're a freelancer and you make, I'm just making up numbers here, but if you make $100,000 a year and you have no expenses, and we can talk about that at some other point, and you don't put any money away, at the end of the year, you're going to owe $30,000 in taxes. And if you didn't save that, that's going to be a hit. So, but talk to an accountant because they can help you with write-offs. They can help you with reducing your your earned income, uh, all that stuff. So definitely talk to an accountant about that. It's one thing to talk about how great dream symbols are, but it's another thing to actually hear them for yourselves. And the good thing about dream is not only do they sound great, but they're also priced well below the competitor's prices. So that way you can actually afford to buy these symbols. And if you don't think you can get a great sounding symbol at a low price, check out dreamsymbols.com. But first, I want you to take a listen to what these things sound like. To learn more about dream symbols, be sure to check them out at dreamsymbols.com. Uh, next part is that, how do I start a conversation about contracts? This is a really easy one. Say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about my contract. (laughs) Uh, the next one, how do you make a budget when your income is constantly fluctuating? And I said, the studies show that budgets rarely, rarely, sorry, rarely work long-term. Just get in the habit of paying yourself first, meaning every single time you make any amount of money, you want to take 10, 15% and put it in a savings account for yourself. Now, this is, if you're a freelancer, this is where it gets pricey. Like you get a hundred bucks, 30% gone for taxes, right? Which is the same way if you have a a nine to five job anyway. So you're not missing anything there. And then 15% of that, goes into savings. But if you're not saving anything after, like after the taxes have to go away, period, that 30% has to go away. But if you're not saving anything right now, start with something smaller, 1%, 3%, 5%, put something away for a rainy day, not for your taxes. I'm saying this is another fun, 30% for taxes, one, three, five, 10, 15% away for savings. If you start small, then you'll barely miss it if it's $10 a week or something like that. It doesn't sound like much, but you want to develop the habit of saving because if you won't save $15 out of 100, you will not save 15,000 out of 100,000. You just won't. Uh, The other thing that I want to remind you is that rich people save first and spend what's left and poor people spend first and save what's left. And if you have too much month left, at the end of the money, then you need to get a part-time job and supplement your income. There's no honor in not being able to pay your bills. Next, uh, started teaching lessons and I feel awkward when money is brought up. How do I get over it? And I said, it's called the music business, not that music hangout with your friends. You've heard me say that multiple times. I stole that line from Russ Miller and I love it. It's not the music business. 
or it is, it's the music business, not the music hangout with your friends. And I said, you have to realize that you're providing a service that people are happy to pay for. It's not awkward when the plumber comes over to your house to fix your toilet and he gives you the bill, is it? It shouldn't be awkward when you provide your teaching services. Also, I recommend giving your students all the payment info and expectations before they start. That'll cut out some of that awkwardness and you'll get over asking people for money, I promise. And the next one is about uh, how do you pay yourself and pay for business expenses? How do you know how much goes where? So this is tying into some of the stuff that that we were just talking about, about taxes, paying yourself first. And this is like the whole picture. And again, I'm not an accountant. Talk to your accountant, but 33% put into your savings for taxes. I know I said 30 earlier, but like 30 to 33% is where you need to be. Uh, another 33% stays in your business account to operate and grow your business. And the rest of it goes to you, the owner. So if you have a, a teaching business and you it makes $1,000, you didn't make $1,000. Your business made $1,000. You got to take thirty $330 and put that into taxes. You got to take $330 and reinvest it into your business. And then the rest of the money goes into your pocket as your earned income, as your money. And then you should take 15% of that and put it away for savings. And people are like, oh man, this is a lot of saving and not a lot of spending. Well, you need a lot of savings because when you're older, you're going to need money to spend. So um, the next would be, what did you spend on to grow your profile? Is it only on Instagram ads? I didn't spend any money on growing my profile, like I'd mentioned before. And uh, the only way to do it now, I think, is really, really adding some deep value in doing those Instagram ads, like I said. And the last question, and I'll do more of these. I, there's like 15 or 18 other questions in here. So I'm going to leave it at this one. Uh, how do you focus on trying to get multiple streams of income and be able to manage all of them at 100%? And I said, you don't. Focus on one stream of income and get it flowing pretty well and consistent. Then and only then should you branch out into a second and then you can rinse and repeat. And a good analogy I like to use is flying. So when you take off on a, you know, when a plane takes off, you can't do anything, right? Your seat back's up, your, your tray table's up. They're not serving drinks. They're not doing anything. You're just sitting there and all the, all the plane is trying to do and everyone is just focused on getting that plane off the ground and into the air. Think about that like your business or your revenue stream. The big mistake that I see is like people trying to do 87 things at the same time. Can you imagine if they were trying to take the plane off and the captain was trying to make announcements and they were trying to service drinks and you were trying to work on your laptop and somebody was trying to get up and go to the bathroom and everything? It would be chaos. So once the plane gets to cruising altitude, then everything starts happening. People are people are talking, people are serving drinks, they're eating sandwiches, they're kicking back their chair. And you got to think about that with any sort of multiple streams of income. And I see it time and time and time again, where I do consulting with people and they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm teaching and, and I'm starting this other band and I'm writing a book and I'm doing this online lesson thing and I'm in seven different bands and I'm trying to do this thing and trying to do this thing. I'm not saying you can't do a lot of things. What I'm saying is you can't get seven projects off the ground at the same time. Get one up, running, managed, sustained, then move on to the next thing. And if it's a business, you can actually like hire some people to replace, like prime example with Drummer's Resource. When I started it, I was doing it by myself. That was it, just me. And now I have a couple people working for me that are helping me with all this stuff. And so then I can, I started another business and I have people helping me with that and starting a third. So like getting people to help you, 
down the road is something that you can definitely do. But in the beginning, just make sure that you're you're focused 100% on that thing. And my wife always used to tell me, he who is everywhere is nowhere. Or you could also say, the person who chases two rabbits catches none. So keep that in mind. And if you have business questions, music business questions, anything like that, you can email them to me at nick at drummersresource.com or just hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a DM. Uh, at drummers resource on the gram and i hope these questions help i appreciate you guys submitting them keep submitting them i'll keep answering them and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace drummers resource is produced by revoice media executive producer nick ruffini that's me edited by justin thomas video editing by tomas shannon and graphic design by Katherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.